This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 892. Brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who are washing their hands and wearing their masks because it's back, baby. <laughs> well, it never left, but it's back. Yeah, you going Hello, my name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host, Josh Flanagan. Hello. And this is our fanboy pick of the week, 
episode 892, and we are iFanboy, and every one of us reads their stack of comics. They pick the book they like the best. We call that book the pick of the week, and we talk about that book, the other books in the week, the patron pick, listener mail, hopefully if we have time. Here's your spoiler warning. Exercise some caution while you're washing your hands. Josh? Well, yeah, because you could, you could chap. You get chap. Yeah. You, should keep, you should keep your hands washed no matter what's going on in the world. But It's true. You should be washing your hands. Uh, fellas. That's true. You know, I know that you said each week we read our books, but <laughs> people people need to know that we were in the mid-300s before I even realized that was the case. We, I, what I do went you mean? Along, I, I came to the show, I thought, prepared for different topics. And they're like, Josh, you're supposed to read comics. Oh. And I was yeah, like, yeah, you know what? That's actually not a joke because if you go back to the early days of the show. I was like once. <laughs> and the, like the first like the first handful of shows, you were like, oh, I didn't get to my books this week. That's okay. No, we, we talked about like we talked about like four books in the early days of the show. We so didn't, didn't we didn't no, we were just we were, I thought we were just talking just to you guys. It. We were winging it. Yeah. But I didn't think it was for anybody. You just talked about your commute to, to the comic store and not the actual books. Oh, That's that was fine. the problem. Is that yeah. I had started going to a shop that was like basically in Fresno. <laughs> That's in, far. That's too far, in, Josh. It was in Winnetka, which wasn't a problem. That's but as I kept Fresno. moving, I kept moving um, east in the valley. It got farther <laughs> away. Um, hmm. Wow. Let's go back to this thing that was a horrible topic <laughs> a thousand years ago. I had the pick of the week, as you, you say. Josh, is, of- Josh is. Uh, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're tap dancing. You're procrastinating. No, I'm, I, I'm doing no such thing. Okay. I've, well, I, I don't know that I, I have a premise, but here we go. Um, that's how this works, by the way. Yes. I come up with one premise and I've gotten very good as has Connor. It's just like, I know the thoughts will come to me, but I don't know what they're going to be until that. Do you moment. remember what it was like to do this show back when we already had the whole review written in our heads from writing the pick of the week review? It was so much easier. I do. I see though I I thought it would be harder but those muscles basically I write I wrote the way that I think which is the same way I talk mm-hmm. and I tend to be a mostly first draft guy so it sort of starts at the same place and sure, I can't I'm just saying actually, we had an outline in our heads from having written a thousand word review so it was sure. really easy to jump in but yeah sometimes I come into this and I'm like I don't even know where I'm going to start I love you know? that and I just I go. love it. That's my my favorite thing. I am I'm I feel good about improvising, uh, and I'm bad at preparing, so it works. Uh, pick of the week is Void Rivals number three. This is uh, this this new Transformers Energon universe. Uh, Transformers adjacent, uh, a book from Robert Kirkman uh, with art by Lorenzo Di Felici. Uh, Mateus Lopes on uh, or Lopez on colors and uh, and Russ Wooten the the solid rock of Image Comics uh, lettering. Uh, I'd like now, to point out yes. Uh, if you look at the cover again, back to the covers. Kirkman is a man of our age. He mm-hmm. grew up in the same comics. A little younger. Up. He has a he, well in that realm in that standard deviation. He's a guy. He's got a little character on the cover in the little box in the corner. When's the last time Let's you see. saw that? I actually, you know, used it was to, on. It was on. I know what you're saying, but like literally, it was on some of the Marvel books this week. Because well, the Marvel books of, have been doing a, we, right. which we haven't talked about. A wonderful tribute to John right. Romita. But however, comics used to be stacked in a newsstand, so you only saw that. Which that's why the comics titles in the top, because they used mm-hmm. to be stacked on a newsstand. You only saw the right. top third of the book, so they used to put the character 
in a little box on the next to the title, mm-hmm. so you'd know Detective Comics stars Batman, I uh, love or who here the Avengers, Captain America's in this book, mm-hmm. and then once the market shifted from the newsstand to the comic store, that was less of a need, so they kind of went away, and I just saw this on the cover on Void Rivals number three, and I just felt good about everything mm-hmm. for a minute, just for one uh, minute, and then it went away. If I since we're here, if I have to mention the cover. I think it's a good composition, but I feel like it's lacking contrast. Yeah, because I think, it just I looks think like the a art, dark muddle. The art on all these Void Revels covers hasn't been the best images. No. They have not been the best. We talked about the issue two when we were talking about the bad covers actually that, that week. Yeah. And it wasn't a good cover for that one. They're not the best covers, which is strange because The Walking Dead always had great covers and so did Invincible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. It's just anyway, a little bit of a muddle. It's a black green sort of like chunk of stuff. And I was stuff. like, is that Optimus Prime behind her? Like it was very confusing. That would be good. Uh, be anyway, awesome so let's let's get to the pick of the week part. Is that uh, I, I had a hard time with the pick of the week this week. Um, I read some okay books. I read some books that we've talked about a lot of times and I read mm-hmm. some not good books. And the things that I liked were fine. Um, sure. End of the day, uh, we have this Void Rivals book, which... I am very invested in the story that is going on between these two aliens from warring races who are basically identical. Yes. I, I think it is written in such a way that it's, again, I've, I think I've said this a bit. You don't have to reinvent the wheel to make a comic book or a movie or whatever compelling. And some no. people are very, very talented at instilling characters with life, you know, and it doesn't necessarily matter what the premise is. And this is an interesting premise. Nope, nope. You know, like, uh, you know, a couple of a couple of warring alien races who hate each other. They uh, they all fight. These they got stranded on a on a you know on a, a planet. deserted planet together. Uh, they're they're by the way. I, this is the one where I kind of remind her that their world is called the Ring. Mm-hmm. It's just a big circle, and half of it's for one side, and half it's for the other. And of course, they hate each other. Right. And and so in the and then in the last issue, they were captured by this they were sucked in by this giant ship and a character, I guess, who was a Transformers adjacent. You said something about that. There's yeah, a- the one from last the, the cliffhanger character, the one in the middle, he's he's some sort of deep cut character that I right. had no idea who it was, but yes. So, but he's like a he's like a space scavenger. He's like, oh, I'm gonna pick the ship up, see if there's any valuable in a bounty hunter, he does all those things. He captures them and and you know, he's just he's just looking for a profit. Uh and, and then he's they, very reasonable. Like he gives he, them a ship. He is quite. Because yeah. their ship's more valuable or what they have is more valuable. So he's like, you give me that and I'll give you a ship. Like he's not like trying to screw them or kill them. He's like, So he hmm. takes off and they take off into his into into the catacombs of his ship, which is not all that unlike that thing in The Force Awakens. Yes. Uh, very much like so that, yeah. uh and and he's like, Yeah, there are worse things in there. What are you gonna do? This guy you know he's 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 go along he's go along to get along he's mm-hmm. he's cool he's chill uh they open up one door it's got a big scary robotic sort of scorpion thing they they fight that off close the door they open up another or they hear like help me by the way if you are on a deserted <laughs> prison nope. uh, and somebody's like help me i'm actually really nice you're on your own yeah um and there's this alien who by any visual accounts <laughs> is clearly evil uh, he's got a xenomorph head. He's got a, a Modok sort of a power butt thing coming out. He's got tentacles. He's got red, angry eyes and sharp metal shark teeth. He's not a good dude. He's he's like a he's like a, a worse version of the Dominators from DC. 
Mm, like mm-hmm. like he's got that like when you look at that character you're like well, that's not a good guy right that's a, that's a bad guy that guy is absolutely getting profiled at the intergalactic airport <laughs> yeah again <laughs> so <laughs> you're called the dominators and i will destroy you but this is an insult <laughs> um and then that guy says hey this guy who's here he's no good and, and you kind of there, there's a thing like i don't know who to believe and like they have to trust each other through this and and they're building a friendship and it's making you feel comfortable with them. And then you're like, maybe there'll be a couple. You'd look all of the little things go through your head. Uh, you know, the things flip around uh, and uh, and they escape, you know, the, the big ship. And then they're sort of approaching the plane like, wait, what, what are we going to do now? And then, of course, there's a big uh, a, a cliffhanger uh, reveal kind of thing at the That's end. A twist. Yeah. I- Kirkman is not reinventing any wheels. None here, but he's do, whatever. All the stuff he's doing is really fun, and the book moves. Mm. We talked about it last time. How quickly we got off the planet that we expected to be on for like six issues at least. Mm-hmm. We were off by issue two. Issue three, we've already got a major change in the relationship of the characters. And as you said, you're you know it's a it's a male character, it's a female character. You're expecting some sort of maybe romance, and maybe that's still coming. But we have a different twist at the end here. And so it's everything is happening very quickly. And I think it's really fun. And I think you don't have to invent the wheel, as you said, to make a compelling story. This is there's elements of Star Trek, the original series on here. There's elements of The Force Awakens in here. It's all familiar, but it's told well. And that's how you succeed in telling serialized comics, because there's no new stories under the sun. You have to tell familiar stories in a new way. And that's what he's doing here. Well, I mean, just in terms of like keeping things moving, I think this is probably one of my favorite parts of the book yeah. is that uh, so they, they get to the the technical guy and, and the two protagonists get to the, I don't know, the dock, whatever, the hangar bay, whatever it is. And the alien guy's ship is awesome, by the way. Yeah, it's the, awesome the art, the Lorenzo de Felici art is, oh, is yeah. a big part of why this book is incredibly fun. The characters are great. Mm-hmm. The those big sci-fi set pieces mm-hmm. and ships and aliens. And it's all really great. As you said, the design of that, creepy alien is cool like yeah. the art's terrific so and 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 the the pig guys the the brown gamorian guard guy is there <laughs> and uh you know he's like ah you know what you don't want to trust this guy and then the alien guy's like you don't want to trust this guy and he goes listen your ship's worth a lot you give it to me i'll give you this other one that's actually going to get you somewhere is that cool and then the aliens this is an outrage you're not actually going to make a deal with him <laughs> cut they're out of there they're in <laughs> right. the new ship they're flying away that is over we don't have to watch the discussion the hemming and hawing the argument because it it doesn't it's a really good example of things in the story that don't need to be there like there's there's no fat here no fat and we get moving and that is a he did that he's i mean he's been doing that for years he was like the walking dead was amazing at that and invincible was like Uh, invincible moves pretty fast too yeah you know things happen of the deconstructed early 2000s comic Yes. Well, what's interesting is that this isn't all that different uh, than um, Saga. It, it isn't. I mean, like, it, it's it's two people, you know, star-crossed lovers, there whatever it is. There are fewer dongs. There are, but, like, that was very in your feelings and yeah. spending time with And this one is, like, I just, all I want to do is entertain you. This I don't is a Saturday to. morning adventure cartoon where you're just, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. episode to episode, the story's moving quick. Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I, I was, I'm always now very excited for it. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, every time I get to the end of one of these issues, I was like, that's too short. I want the next, I want, I desperately want to read the next issue. And that to me is the best thing that a comic book can do 
is is like if if the other issue had if number four was available right now, I would have read it immediately. Right. Which is, you know, this is we go back. We you're right. We've been saying that since Invincible. Since like this is the thing that it does have in common with Saga is that uh, both uh, uh, Vaughn, Brian K. Vaughn, and I haven't said his name in so long. I had to like find it. <laughs> Vaughn. Uh, and, and Kirkman are two of uh, of this, this century's best issue writers. They write in, in, in serial issues. They, they read great in trade, but the issues really give you a, a you know, like, no, at that last second, right. you know. Uh, in a way that really, you know, they they know how to do that last page or two. Um, and so when I sort of thought about the books that I, I liked, I think the next book we talk about probably would have been my second mm-hmm. place. Um, but that was more like I appreciated a lot. And this, well, again, it's not new. It's still new. Like, I don't know. Oh, it's still totally new. We don't yeah. really know what we're reading here, what yeah. the story of this book is. We know who the characters are. We don't know what the story is being told, um, which is often a critique we make. But that means that the rest of the story isn't fun. Like mm-hmm. you can get away with a lot if what you're doing is a really good time. Mm-hmm. And right now, I don't care that I don't really know what's going on because it's really fun to read. And I know uh, he's going to tell us, right? You know, like the other thing is, uh, in the back of my mind, I'm like, what's going to happen when they launch the other books? Like, what's that going to mean for mm-hmm. all these books? Like, it's going to—it's interesting. I don't know what that means. Yeah. That when what happens when the two GI Joe books launch and when Transformers launches? Like, what's are they all going to be connected? Or are they not connected? They were all, they're all part of the shared universe. We saw the Transformer in the first issue of this Wood Rivals book. You know, we don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. they may be totally separate, or they may be, they may not be. Well, well that's kind of exciting to find out. Um, Difalici, like right away, he's one of the best spaceship artists I've seen in a long time. Great, like these sort of Star Wars uh, Transformer, like like spaceships, like like right. toy spaceships from you know the seventies forward. Um. There's an awesome page. There's actually a really awesome uh, bit here on page. It's a 20 for me. So it's like the third to last page when they're approaching the ring, which kind of looks like a black hole. Uh, you know, it's divided in half. And on the second panel, which is the one on the bottom, uh, you can see the reflection of it in her visor. Right. And it's just a little distorted because of the curve. And what I just noticed, and I was like, oh, what a really nice touch that I hadn't seen before. Why does it say TM in her eye? Oh, wait, mm-hmm. I know why. This is a review copy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Watermarks, man. They'll get you. Um, yeah, I, so I, I have no regrets. I have no excuses about the thing. It wasn't immediately obvious, but when I sort of put them down, you know, I saw there was a new Void Rivals, and a lot of times when there's sort of newer books, I forget about them. And when I saw this, I went, oh, right, this book. I like this book. You know, and I knew I was in for a little bit of a romp, and it, it delivered, you know, just Good comics. Yeah, super fun. I'm excited. When it comes out, I'm excited. And so that's that's the mark of a f- comic that I'm enjoying. And you're right. This as a, as a week on the whole, not a lot to be excited about, but there were enjoyable things. Oh, sure. Uh, we learned something really important, though, this week. What's that? Dan Mora is either dead or just a human. Well, he's he he stepped out for that that arc, that flashback arc to the circus. <laughs> hey, uh, Mark. Yeah, it's Dan. My right hand is on fire, so <laughs> I'm going to need. Is that bad? I can't. I can't. I can't do this week's issue because I'm going to need a day and a half off. That's how long <laughs> it takes me to do an issue. But the the fact is, uh, they're completely out of graphite. Uh, and <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, Batman Superman World's Finest eighteen is another flashback 
drawn by Travis Moore, this time written by Mark Wade, Tamara, Bonvian, Steve Wands. And this one goes back, as the cover says, to the secret origin of the world's finest team. It's one of many, many how Batman and Superman first met. I've read, <laughs> I've read a hundred of them and I love them all. Yeah, it really is. I was like, Mark Wade, you've definitely done this. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't care. When I was a Daniel. kid, they told these stories over and over, and they never matched up, and it didn't matter. I've read a fucking novel about this. Like, it's, I think this, they've it's, done it twice in this volume of World's Finest, possibly. Um, but this is cool, and it also had like little nods. Uh, as I said before, we talked about the the teaser image for this book. Maybe it was offline. I don't remember. But um, Magpie shows up. She's a vil- you know like a zealous Batman villain, and she was. <clears throat> the character that they were chasing in the Man of Steel miniseries, John Byrne did after Crisis, that also showed the first time Batman Superman met was, mm-hmm. was chasing Magpie. So she has a little cameo here as like a nod to that. But I did- really want to talk about Jim Gordon's insultingly short jacket on page okay. three. No, I, I'm I'm looking at it. He had. You remember how you got all mad when they they shortened Constantine's jacket? Mm-hmm. That's how you from feel? a trench to like uh, not even a three quarter trench. This is a problem. I don't know what he's wearing. The collar is up like it's a trench, but it's like a bomber jacket size jacket. It's like a bomber jacket on the bottom and like a it's a mullet coat. Yeah, it's a mullet. It's not good. I mean, like, I, I think it's it, it's a way of saying he was younger. He hadn't earned the confidence <laughs> to go with the full trench. Uh, the other maybe the other maybe he tried it one day and the other cops are like, easy there, rookie. And they gave him the short jacket and hazed him. Maybe that's what it is. He's quite squat here. Uh, in fact, if you look at that, Bullock kind of looks like he's a more imposing person than, than uh, Gordon. Uh, what I think is interesting right here, by the way, is that we are looking at a, a, a Batman 66 uh, sort of uh, a style on, yeah, the Batman, interesting. on the Batman's costume. So in and the it, old days, they would often shade his, his face. Mm-hmm. Like it was just the shading. It wasn't an actual mask. Uh, it was just the way they did the shadow, and so then the '66 TV show took it and make it made it literal. And so yeah. here, Travis Moore does the same thing. He gives him a, a sort of a dark faceplate over his mask. And at first, I was like, "Well, that's weird," but then I was like, "You know what? I kind of like it because it looks like retro and goofy, and it works." Well, you know what is it? I don't think that I really noticed. I noticed the blue and gray, and that to me, uh, you know, that's that's what Batman looked like when I was a kid, and I, I like that. But then he's got the. Um, empty he just has the black bat there's no uh, yellow oval around it and i don't think that i really noticed it until we cut to wayne manor and he comes bruce comes out of the clock in the wall and yeah. he's in like a, a reasonable uh, sweater vest and brown slacks and i was like what is and then the, and he's smiling actually yeah. a lot and then the I, what i really liked about this issue i think my favorite thing is that you know they meet out in the world and Batman while looking bright and colorful and friendly in an Adam West sense uh, is like, I, I'm, I, I figured out some things about you. Cause he does. You're probably from Kansas, blah, blah, blah. Oh my God, this is amazing. And he's like, well, what's you, who are you? And he's like, you first. <laughs> and you're like, Oh, he's going to be, he's going to be combative about it. But like, right. you know, five pages later, uh, Kent gets a call at the daily planet. <laughs> By the way, does Barry white answer the phone? I guess he does. <laughs> he's also reception. Yeah. Uh, he, he answers the billionaire calls. Yes. And and he's like, this Wayne guy wants to talk to you. And so, again, what do you want to talk about? You want you want to talk about uh, motion here? Beginning of the page, you know, he's in a coffee. He was in a coffee shop. Perry says, go over there. Last page, he's there. We don't waste a lot of time. Right. We, we, we move into there. And then very quickly, uh, we learn that, you know, Batman has figured out who he is immediately. 
in the way that everybody in comics forever has been like, of course you'd figure that out, but Batman can be the one. It's fine. Uh, and, and, you know, he sets a little trap. To, well, to he, prove figures that, he figures them out not because of the glasses, because he tracks no. his movements and figures out he goes. Yeah, no, Superman yeah, yeah. is most of the Daily Planet and this one apartment <laughs> on Clinton Street, <laughs> which is where Clark Kent lives. You yeah. think he'd be smarter than that? And so then you know he he's like, well, you can, uh, I, I what I did was I I plugged my nose and I filled the room with uh, um, knockout uh, gas, non non uh, non smelling uh, knockout gas, and then at the same time, like Superman's clearly looking through the walls and being like, yeah, I know who you are too, and that's it. We're done. I liked that. Like Bruce was like, let's get it over with, but with a little game where I can show you I'm cool, right? I'm smart, and the whole story is people are disappearing. Uh, the Riddler's involved. People just are just like are there one minute and gone the next. It happens to Alfred while Bruce is in the manor, and it has something to do with the, the negative zone. The negative zone is that Fantastic Four, the Phantom Zone, mm. and uh, Jacks are uh, uh, what's his name's son. And and I will tell you mm-hmm. that had this been pick of the week, there would be one reason that it was pick of the week. It was delightful. Mm-hmm. It was it was fun. Uh, it it uh, it it was a version of these characters that is familiar and fun, but that we don't necessarily see all the time. But between uh, the uh, third to last and second to last page was my favorite page turn that I have seen in a very long time. And uh, yeah. So, so, you know, uh, Batman gets disappeared uh, and, and, and a punch comes and you, all you see on the bottom of the page is Superman turning just before he sees it. There's speed lines and a fist and you think, Oh, we're going to get the reveal on the next one, but you cut to the next page and he's been punched out of the ship that he's in beautiful page. He's filling, you know, sort of the whole page He's upside down and flying. It's just a great superhero page with scale and movement yep. and, uh, Great body language. He's sort of slumped in his flight. Yep. So you know he's knocked out. I, um, I I find myself wondering. It must be this way because you'd have to schedule these things. But I would assume that Mark Wade knows. Okay, this is the arc I'm writing for Travis Moore because that's when uh, Dan's taking a break to to Mm -hmm. worry about his black hand. And because because the script is different, right? It's not as action packed. I was trying to picture Dan Mora drawing this script, and certain, certainly he could do it, mm-hmm. but it's a, it's a lot more talky-talky than than this book usually is, because I think he's drawing more to the strengths of the artist. Travis Moore does really great people. I mean, any comic writer worth his salt should do that to a certain extent. I'm sure that there are extenuating circumstances where it does it, but I would be shocked if that is not on Mark. It's got to be, and also, the, it, it's no coincidence that both of these arcs are flashbacks. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah. sort of doing the flashbacks of these characters. Um, the coloring—it was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah, the coloring in it is really great. Like just you, the, it's just the—they're not in the dark. It's all one the of the time. best things about the book is the coloring from Tamara Bombion. Yeah. It's the b- bright, yeah, uh, Batman sixty-six Silver Age style pops, color pops. Yeah. It's and then like you, you cut the last panels. You cut to in the Phantom Zone, and like you know, it's all purple, and 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 Batman's that sort of. Uh, space ghosty sort of invisible comic book stuff. And I really, it was, it was, it was, it was what this book is, is a delight. You know, yes. it's just like, this is, if you just like, man, if you've missed Mark Wade doing Superman, like they're trying to make it all up to you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they're doing a great job. Like, oh, and I live in fear every day of opening my computer and seeing Batman Superman world's finest canceled. I don't, for, I have no evidence it's going to happen. They've given it spinoff books. I'm just saying, it will. I love it so much. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just worry for no good issues. You're, you're, yeah, you're. It's like getting close. It's like when your kid leaves the house and you're just like, you know. Like if it gets to twenty four, twenty five, I would be shocked if it went past that because after that, it's like you got to get to fifty. Right after that, it's like, well, maybe they'll reboot it one again. But um, anyway, I'm just happy it exists in the world. I'm happy there's been eighteen issues of it. Speaking of in the world. I, uh, if, if you're out there and you're old, you probably remember Gru is sort of a constant and oh, I yeah. never read it. Uh, really? Like I, I was aware of, I knew Sergio Aragonas from mad when I was a kid sure. um, and he would do those giant, you know, the sort of where's Waldo type type drawings with, you know, everything going on in the giant scene and a billion little jokes in there. Um, this is, uh, Sergio Aragonas, uh, drew and then co-wrote it with Mark, uh, Avanier. Um, Mark Avanier is, uh, Jack Kirby's former, former assistant and, and sort of keeper of the Kirby flame, but also uh, a pretty accomplished animation, uh, producer writer. And he's done comics, uh, here and there. This is so stupid, but it is so delightful. Yeah, I mean, like, I I love it. I, I I didn't read this one, but um, we we talked about the one where Gru goes to the comic convention. We talked about a bunch of those issues. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I kind of remember that. Uh, I wasn't a regular Gru reader in the eighties, but I de- certainly had a lot of Gru comics. And mm-hmm. I, I like you, I mostly knew of Sergio from Mad, but mm-hmm. I was I had probably like twenty five Gru books in my in my long box. You know, I feel like the, the whole time I was read. This is the second one I'd read the one before, and I'm going to tell you. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and give you the entire plot. Ready? Mm-hmm. Gru goes to a place and he's hungry. I was going to say, is Gru hungry? Yeah, no, he just wants food and everybody's afraid of him. Everybody says he's super dumb, but everybody's afraid of him and he's just hungry, but he's down for a fight, whatever. That's it. That's the whole thing. The, the, the king wants to get rid of him, but everybody's afraid of him. They can't beat him. And mm-hmm. he's just smiling. And his dog also wants food. That's the other thing. His dog thinks about, you know, he doesn't say it out loud, but his his thought balloons are all about, I would also like food. Um, <laughs> and I it's this is one of those things where however many years ago, I read, I read Usagi Yojimbo mm-hmm. years and years and years ago, and I enjoyed it. But sort of this last little chunk of it for the past, I want to say five years or so, Every time one of them comes out, I just enjoy it so much. And I felt like I finally got what it was. Because I think when I was younger, I was like, why are people saying this is a genius? I don't right. understand because it is so basic. By the way, Stan Sky on letters here. And Stan mm. Sky wins Eisner Awards for letters. You f- people forget that. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know exactly why, but I, God, I, hope, to de- I hope that this is... Um, manual uh, uh uh physical lettering i hope that he draws it that would make me so happy it's, but it's important to point out sergio aragonas is 85 years old you couldn't tell any difference between this drawing and the drawing that he did you know 30 he's 40, a freak of nature i mean he's also like yeah. widely regarded as the fastest comic artist has ever lived like yeah. he if you go to you'd see him we used to see him do um live draws at comic cons and yeah he would just draw anything incredibly incredibly fast and uh, it's like these are those pages. So there's no way to do those pages without being the fastest comic artist that ever lived. It's so full, though. Yeah. There's a page here where there's a, there's a couple of panels where uh, basically he gets to this place where people are trying to build a new town. And he's mad because there are no Ortixes left. And Ortix is a delicious 
I'm guessing an ungulate of some kind. And mm-hmm. they've been they've been made extinct in this area. And now he can't get them to eat. And he's very upset, as is the dog. And he, he comes up on this place where they're trying to build a new settlement. And everybody's like, this is going to be great. There's going to be shops and everything. He goes, what did you do to the animals? And if you there's there's a bit where he's talking to this guy on the bank of a river. And in the background is this beautiful river mountain forest kind of thing. And there's animals everywhere. There's a herd of something crossing the river. There's flamingos and uh, birds and hippos and all this stuff. And then the next panel is like all the houses and crap that they built in the same place. Mm-hmm. And it's just this like, it's a, it's a great comic book technique uh, of, of sort of like a time jump and send back. And you can just do it with one image uh, and you match them. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not re again, it's not reinventing the wheel, but he just, he just did a great, you're telling me this guy's 85. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, just like, because there's so, there's a rug on the wall in one of these <laughs> and it's just so intricately, drawn like he's cutting no corners there's little there's another there's a rug same thing there's like a rug that goes across the floor and you look like where he's stepping it's wrinkled a little as it moves and as it drapes down over the stairs you can see the folds of it where it's not perfect it's so cool and every panel like there are literally dozens of things to look at on every page yeah yeah that's always the hallmark of his that's why he works well in the mat because he can fill it yeah. with jokes and it's just I just, I just, I think I started to read that Tarzan one, and I didn't stick with it because I didn't care about the parts of it. But this is just—he's walking around, and I, and I, I this is the thing. Like I, I finally, after all of this time and effort, have learned to appreciate stuff like this in the way that I was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it took me a long time, but that's not unusual for me. Uh, but I'm glad I, I found it. You know, I'm glad I figured it out because uh, it's fun. I didn't read. I'm not reading this Wild's End book. I remember reading the original one back mm-hmm. when. Paul Montgomery was our third co-host, and he loved that book. So I remember reading that one, but I didn't read. I didn't, is this the third volume or the second volume? So the, it's not named anything. It just is called Wild's End number three of six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't say like there's no subtitle that indicates, but it's the 2023 one. I don't know how many there have been. I know there's been at least one others. Um, I did not read that. I remember reading the first issue, and then I must have missed the rest of it. Uh, so, but I, I – was like, all right, you know what? I, I feel like that was a thing I wanted to read. So I went for it. And and you don't, I, I, I would have no idea that I had to read something prior to this. Um, right. basically, oh, yeah, hopefully not. You, you, you hope that Dan Abnett uh, could do that. World of Animals, uh, uh, as, as happens often in European comics. Um, they're like, know, the, old, they're like uh, British animals, right? Yes. And it, it is very much like a, like a poo corner kind of thing. You this know, appears to be volume of, three of okay. Wild's End, uh, what I can tell. Boom Studios. And, and um, it's it's not as childish. They actually, they're like, it's like country British townsfolk yes. in the 30s or 40s or whatever it is. It's written by Dan Abnett, who is uh, inc- like incredibly talented in many different ways. Uh, so here's what's going on. I don't know what the first one was like. Uh, there's a fishing boat, not unlike... Um, the 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 wave one by Wolfgang Peterson with the with the George Clooney what's it called uh, perfect storm. The, the perfect storm perfect oh, storm I'm like uh, thinking about that book they go out uh, they have to make a big catch there's all sorts of tension among the different people uh, the grandfather owns the boat uh, he brings his grandson on who's very listless then two of the crew members who are hoping to to buy the boat at the end are worried that he's going to take it but then those two are fighting uh, one of them is like a badger he's kind of an asshole and then there's a I don't know. She's like a deer woman who also wants to take over the boat. And then the thing is that the older, uh, the older 
dog, his memory is the captain, his memory is slipping. Mm-hmm. And so like they're trying not to talk about it, but there's a lot of tension. They get back into port and everyone's gone and they can't figure out what's going on. They find out that aliens have landed, not unlike um, a kind of a war of the worlds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they look like, you know, like tall, they look like lampposts. Um, and they've sort of hypnotized all of the townsfolk into building something for them uh, using, you know, like hypnotized slave labor. And they're building a bigger lantern so they can hit, they can, uh, uh, they can bewitch the rest of England, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if the first one was supernatural with aliens, but with it, I don't and remember, I know I, I complain about it all the time. Works here. Totally works here. Yeah. I mean, a- yes. I mean that uh, aliens don't always equal bad, but right. I don't remember if there were aliens in the first one. I, don't, I honestly don't. I just remember them being charming r- rural British uh, animals. That's all I remember. I mean, that's the thing. Like, actually, the, again, the character stuff that is in the middle of it is very good. And and the the cartooning, the the acting and postures and body language and faces of these animals comes through some people can just do that with animals man and it makes them more human than if they were right. it's, it's, it's a it's a cartoon technique we you know we talked about black sad it's like that you know you can tell everything about them by what kind of animal they are how they and how they're dressed and it's it's extremely effective um i don't know i don't know exactly what it is that by you know making anthropomorphic animals you know into into human stories work so well but it really can it's delightful. Yeah. It's 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 a joy that the, the cartooning is is really wonderful. I do not know who I N J Colbard is. He I'm does pretty sure that all, was a, that was the original artist. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I that what name. All of the um, he does all the art and the letters. So basically, anything you see in the book was was the result of this one person. Uh, you know, wonderful dialogue. Uh, really enjoying it. Um, again, looking forward to this one is out of Boom Studios. Um, just a, you know, different book, just, just different stuff. Cool. We're going to open up a new corner. We have many corners in our room that we record in. And this one is called Krakoa corner because I'm all in on the X-Men right now. I, w- really? I haven't been this all in since the creation of Krakoa where I read every X-Men book they put out. I didn't stick with them all, but I read each first issue, <laughs> but I, I haven't been that, you know, this excited about the X-Men in a while. So there were three books this week. Uh, we'll start with Uncanny Avengers, number one from Jerry Duggan, Javier Guaron. And uh, this is, this feels like more like the, the flagship book. I mean, X-Men is, I guess, the flagship book, but this feels very much also like a flagship book in the story of the fall of mm-hmm. X, where, you know, we, this is not a new concept. This happened before, actually, with Rick Remender, was the Avengers and the X-Men sort of combining mm-hmm. into one mixed team. So here we have Captain America, Deadpool and Quicksilver, who is not a mutant anymore. We need to get back to that in a second. Teaming up with Rogue, Monet, and Psylocke to be the the Unity team uh, to help because all the event X Men are being chased out of the off, off Earth, basically and hunted. And I thought it was super fun. I like the mix of characters. There's lots of weird things here that I didn't understand. I didn't understand uh, Ben Yurk being the owner of the Daily Bugle. I must have missed that in some book. Um, mirrored glasses. I I really hate that the change they made to Quicksilver because of the whole Ike Perlmutter hatred of the X-Men 
is stuck and he's no longer an ex- mutant and he's no longer the son of Magneto. I think those are all terrible decisions that need to be retconned post haste. Um, but I like the tone of it. I think Jerry Duncan's writes super fun books. I like that. This is an edgier cap. I mean, if you think about it, you know, we don't like our superheroes to murder generally speaking, mm. Josh and I, however, in a war cap certainly killed a lot of Nazis. And here, they're basically in a war. And hmm. one of the reservations that Monet and Psylocke have about joining Captain America's team is, is they don't want the Boy Scout to be stopping them from doing what needs to be done. And he says, you're, I mean, avenge them. You know, all hmm. these, all of your people got killed. You need to avenge them. And there's a very sort of lit up by flames close up of his face as he said it. Like it's a very, it's almost like this is Cap back in war mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. facing off against totalitarian you know fascism and i like that edge to it i thought this was also really fun I, I really liked this book i thought it was fun it's very it was very seat of your pants i think um my conclusion that i have come to about this whole thing mm-hmm. and what was the, it was the hellfire gala was sort of the first yep. one that kicked it off and it was really fun i feel like i might enjoy this more in a combined sort of thing. What 10, do you mean? 12 issues. Oh, like a miniseries, like an event. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe into a couple of books, but I feel like. With well, this, these is, books, this is a miniseries. This is only one of five. Okay. But it's in like a thousand books. I don't know yes, how many months it's going to go, but I feel like it's going to stretch me too thin. Well, if you take the business, if you take the, this the long, the long view. Yeah. Or the 360 foot view. The X-Men no longer dominate the market, right? Mm-hmm. There was a time when we were in high school and elementary school where everyone who read comics read the X-Men books. Mm-hmm. It's no longer that way anymore. It's a, it's, a, it's a subculture of comics. And so would the X-Men power a company-wide event? Maybe. Or they could sell a million books to the small X-Men fans. And that's... You know what a comic publishers know how to do: s- sell a small, a lot of books to a small number of people. So, and I, I, it's honestly, it's not anything that's wrong with it, but because it is so expensive, no, I get it. you're an outsider. You don't want the you, you can't invest in a hundred books. Yeah, and I, it's not even that. I just don't. I don't. It's not that interesting to me. So what ha- I think this has happened before was you know the beginning of Krakoa. I was like, that's kind of interesting, and then it was like now there are twelve titles, and it's going to go on for three years, and I don't like it that much. Right. Um, and so, and then so every week, but I feel like there's like like five or ten X Men books every week, and I don't, and I I basically I just look and see who's writing them. Like if Jerry Duggan is writing it, I'm reading it. Uh, if somebody else that I really like, or you know, I'll I'll read it. But otherwise, and this works, by the way. I you know I can I can just read some of it, and I still get the the main gist of it. Um, I just feel like i want the story to be smaller which is not really doesn't matter like it's and well, also in the, in this book i really wanted the reveal of who crap captain crapton captain krakoa is and yeah he, me too i'm very excited about that i'm yeah. sure i'll be disappointed or not know who it is but yeah that's yeah um i see what you're saying i i'm actually curious how long it's actually going to go on like i said this is a one of five mm-hmm. uh krakoa I am also, went on I am for years but that was more of a status quo than a story this is a mm-hmm. story Right, and this is leading to oh. whatever is the next version of the X Men. So it may not go on for more than 
five or six months. I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that. So book. I became distracted in the middle of this book because they called Psylocke, uh, Quanon. Quanon, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, what the, what? Cause I don't really follow, but apparently this is not like even close to a new thing. And I read like the whole Betsy Braddock, yeah. uh, uh, Wikipedia entry. And then the whole Quanon. And I was like, ugh. This is what I hate about X. It's body swapping, and it's just the whole. It's like, ugh. well, they swapped her out. To be fair, but I, yes, I, I, I get know. it. It happened a while ago, but I understand if you only read the books in the Jim Lee era, yeah. you'd be like, "What the hell's like, going on? Who is this? Betsy. Is she not? Does she doesn't have telekinesis? She's oh, she has whatever power she needs to have, but it's not yes. mutant. It's just like, ah, forget it. <laughs> Alpha Flight number one also came out. Ed Brisson, Scott Godlewski, Matt Miller, Travis Lanham. What we is, check in is, with our Canadian brethren? Is Ed Brisson a Canuck? Let's see. I don't know. I, I I saw it. I was like, sounds like a Canadian name. This so was let's see. Enjoyable. Also a five issue miniseries, much like uh, Uncanny <sighs> Adventures. I, I like this. I I I'm always Alpha Flight curious. You know what I mean? Like, yes. When I was a kid, it was like there was that weird non X-Men X-Men team from Canada. And I remember reading us. I certainly read it when John Byrne wrote, wrote and drew it, but that's mostly because I like John Byrne. He lives in Halifax, Nova Scotia with his wife and daughter. There's a lot of comic people in Halifax. Every like guy who gets anywhere, who is a Canadian in comics is going to have a run on alpha flight or Wolverine. <laughs> well, now we just know we got to keep our eye on Ed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, that's a callback to early in the show. Yeah. I mean, not the show, but the show itself. Yeah. Uh, I thought this was fun. I didn't love it, but I thought it was fun. Like, like you said, this week was a lot of like that were solid books that were not great. This was like that. It was like, this was solid. I enjoyed it. The twist was interesting. Um, I, I didn't realize I, they weren't all mutants again because mm-hmm. I haven't been there for every issue of Alpha Flight, but I was like, wait, they're not mutants? I, I don't, care. I've never liked Alpha. Like, I've tried to, but sure. it just doesn't do anything for me. And so, like, a lot of this. A lot of this book was revealing like so-and-so. And I kind of know the names. I was like, oh, right. this must be a person who used to be on Alpha Flight. Um, also, I went down a hole and I was like, you know what? I don't fucking know anything about Puck. And he's also like three different people. <laughs> and I was like, just just let him be a dude with a mustache. But it's actually, that sounds like like John Byrne. I'm sorry, I had to, I was like, I don't know. John Byrne just invited uh, invented him as uh, he's a dwarf. Yep. A little person, but at the time he was a dwarf, which was the correct thing to say. Um, and he's real strong. Not super strong, just, you know. Just a little very, strong. Yeah, he just, he's, you know, like Batman. He's he's very strong. He's athletic. He does the stuff. And he fought fought the good fight. And, like, like everybody after him just destroyed that. And now yeah. there's, a different, there's a different puck or whatever, but it looks exactly. Can't leave well enough alone. You know, like, have a little person who's a badass. Right. Be awesome. Let him. Let him do that. There's no reason not to do that. Just keep doing that. Um, but it's fine. I just kind of didn't care. So the final book that came out this week, also one of five, is Dark X-Men number one by people. I've, uh, Steve Fox and Jonas Scharf. Never heard of them, but Frank Martin, Clayton Cowles, I have. And this was based on the sort of the demon-y side of things. Madeline Pryor was the main character. And whatever. I don't really care about any of that. Here's why I care about this issue. It made me realize something. First of all, it's important to note the X-Men at their very DNA core ha- have some freaky deaky sex stuff in the core of it, right? Like the guys who came up with the X-Men, not Jack and Stan, but like the people who revitalized the X-Men, specifically Chris Claremont, 
freaky deaky sex guys. Oh yeah. So at the core of almost every character, there's some freaky deaky sex stuff, right? So in this book, Madeline Pryor and Havoc are sleeping together. Okay. Why is that important? Madeline Pryor is a clone of Jean Grey. Okay, I get Jean it. Jean Grey is Havoc's brother's wife. Now, think about that Thanksgiving Day. The first time Jean and Scott have prepared a nice sumptuous meal. The parents are there, the cousins. Oh, hey, uh, Havoc's bringing his new girlfriend over. He, they walk in, and it's the clone of your brother's wife. Mm-hmm. How awkward is that going to be? How much eye contact is anybody going to make with Jean Grey? None. That the fact it, it may have been addressed. I'm sure it has in the 25 years I have not been reading every X Men comic. But it just occurred to me that Josh, if one day your brother walked in and he was in a relationship with a clone of your wife, it might it might have a, a conversation might happen, right? Like, what what's what's going on? What's I'd be happening? asking her that more than anything. <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> Why are just, you doing it's just, this? It's just of all the characters that she's with, Madeline Pryor, it's the brother of the of the uh, husband of the clone that you are mm-hmm. of. It's a little, it's a lot. It's very freaky deaky. Sure. Anyway, it was fine. <laughs> I don't really care about the demons. I probably won't continue this one, but I will continue the other two. I didn't read that one. That's fine. That's all. I, listen, the only the only thing worthwhile talking about in my head was Freaky. a story that I made up in my head outside of the mm-hmm. book. Everything else, That's I didn't really. I don't really. I'm not in, in super into demon stuff and Azazel. There, I, and, I want you to let me know if one of the because I'm 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 keep trying. Keep, keep reading Uncanny Avengers. It's only five issues. It's fine. I, I'm trying, but I will I will lose interest. But and I'm not going to try everything. So you need to let me know. Like, I'll oh, let you know. this is. This is real good. This is my you know, like my rule of thumb. With the X Men right now is if Jerry Duggan's writing it, I read it. Yes. So the X Men, the regular X Men book and the Uncanny Avengers book. That's those are the two. It's he's writing. his story, and yeah. so hundred percent, I'm with you. So those are the books we wanted to talk about, but this, but at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy, every patron who uh, supports the show gets to vote to add a book to the rundown. The, we call it the patron pick this week by a 2.5 margin. So 2.5 times as many votes as the number two book. The winner was The Cull, number one, from Image Comics. It's the second Kelly Thompson Image Comic book after the other one. The name just Black went away in Cape? my head. No, that's not what it's Black called. Cloak. Though, Dark Cloak? Black Cloak. Black Cloak. Black. That was a uh, fantasy book. This is a sci-fi book, I think, or a horror book. Anyway, Matea... De Elise is the artist, and Hassan Otsmane Elwahu is the letterer. And I think, Josh, this is a prime example of the image comic number one that gives you not enough information to care. The Black Cloak so, book was double-sized, and so you, you really got to figure out the characters in the world and the story. Yeah. And this is the opposite of what I talked about with Void Rivals, where with Void Rivals, I still don't know the story, but I care about the characters and the situation here. I finished it and I was like, I don't know why I would ever continue reading this story. They gave me nothing only one to reason. care about. This, I mean, there's only one reason I would consider. I mean, I don't think I'm as harsh on it. I think I'm more ambivalent at this point. But well, it's ambivalent. It's am, like, well, that was interesting, but I don't care about any of these characters. I don't know these characters. I am, there's 15 characters here. Yeah, I, I am. I am down with Kelly Thompson, obviously. And, and at a certain point, when you like somebody's work a lot, 
it becomes very interesting when you see them take a different direction than you've taken them. And it's academic more than it is like, I'm loving this, but I, I'm really curious because I love to see the other side of people. And also when I had her on the show, I think, you know, she sort of talked about how, you know, there's some things that she doesn't do particularly well. And since then I've seen her working on those things, which is cool. Them, which is very cool. See, yeah, like the you know the actiony stuff, and I lean think into you, what your what scares you, right? Yeah, That's, and otherwise you're just yeah. coasting. And so, in that case, if this is her stretching, I'm willing to allow for, um, you know, maybe not having it be perfect. And I, I and didn't, I'm, I, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know if it's her stretching. Even I just think it wasn't enough information. And this is not not a yeah. not an indictment on the work. The art, the art's really strong. The art is is not a style I like at all, but I thought it was really well done. I, there's a couple of things in here that I want you finish your thought. No, I was just saying it. It in, she introduced so many characters. These so it's these group of girls, and I think I think one one man. I can't be sure. Um, they're going off to make a movie, and they're the all Goonies sneaking out beach. of their house, and you get kind of a little bit of backstory on some of the characters. But by the time you get to the end, there's five characters. It's a lot to take in. And this isn't a regular size comic. This is not a double size comic. And I don't really know enough about why anybody is doing anything. Well, we know that going into this the... portal into a crazy alien world that they found in a cave. Well, we know from the first page, which is in a, in a wonderful double page spread, which, by the way, I believe shouldn't have been there so soon. Yeah. I think that that would have made the later because what you're just waiting for is for that to happen. This, this is a double page spread here and it is it is magnificent. It's a big scary monster. Someone's getting eaten for some reason. Everybody's shoes have been left on the beach. Um, which is funny because like those a bunch of people had been on the beach and they ran away. But the only thing left are shoes. And I was like, that's weird. And yeah, I hope that weird. that means something. Um, the other thing that got me is on page four of the of the book itself mm-hmm. when it says 12 hours ago it has yep. this girl and she's drawing unhappy faces on flags but if you look at her arm yes it has uh cutting scars on it and i thought wow that is subtle. really well done for a comic book it's hard to but the bit the art is super photorealistic i mean it is it is alex ross ish yeah it's not a style um, you love normally but i thought it was really well done yes no and it, but it but it worked in terms of letting us know that the characters were super realistic. And I was looking at, it, I was like, I don't feel like this is super photo referenced. Look at page 12 where the, uh, actress Lux is putting makeup on in the mirror, covering mm-hmm. up her black eye. Yeah. Look at that second panel that there's so much storytelling mm-hmm. in her face there. And uh, the, yeah, that, that's and a the, level of acting that you don't get from most artists, which they can't, it's not really, it'd be really hard to do just in a line drawing. This is a painted, um, and then the other thing that's happening as you look through it, and I noticed this too, and this is what has made me a little softer on it, is that the lighting in this is so good. The page after the one that you're talking about is that, you know, she, the girl looks through her door and you see the sort of bluish TV light. TV light and then yeah. you look how that next, that next scene, the next panel just tells you so much about what's going on there. Uh, I, I, I was really impressed by, by this art for sure and and looking like when the girls are walking along they all have like different body types um i was just thinking I, there, there there have been so many image books in a row we've read that have been double-sized to start off mm-hmm. and i was like this is this is the one you don't 
were five characters and complicated backstories and motivations and I don't know anything. The one book that doesn't get 40 pages is this one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because the artist couldn't do it, you know, or what. I mean, that's, but. that's viable. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to give it a, a I, I didn't, I don't think that it bothered me as much as I wasn't fully hooked. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, you know, that's just, that's just the case. But, you know, she, Kelly Thompson gets a lot of slack from me and I, and I'm really curious to see where it goes. And I think there was, there was Black enough cloak. in this, that was it. there was enough in this art that made me really impressed. And I feel like it's the art to me seemed really intentional. If you look on the last couple of pages after they look out on the fantasy world, the light comes down on the one girl's lower half of her face mm-hmm. very specifically in two of the panels. And yeah. like, what is that about? And also on the two pages, they're later, standing under a cave. So I know, a, but like, a, it's just on her. Like, I feel like there's something she's, that is, she's the us. shortest. Yeah. So the light wouldn't hit their faces because she's getting, yeah. Yes, it, but it's consistent through all those pages. There's even one, look, if you look at um, the last page and the top, she is leaning forward. The other girl is basically level with her, her, or maybe that's the the guy. I don't really know. Um, they did this on purpose comics, but I'm fine with that, whatever. Um, but the light is like that on her face there. as She's leaning forward. And when she comes back, it's not, I don't know. That's. I hope that means something because it's very specific. Yeah, and that's all. And then, you know, like I said, yeah. I'm torn about sticking with it. I don't know because I, I found there was nothing in the issue itself that made me want to stick with it. But you know, we we both really love Kelly Thompson's work, so maybe. I didn't. I didn't love Black Cloak. Yeah, I, I struggled getting. I thought the final issue was good, but I thought I, I, I liked with that it one. a lot, and I'm glad that I read it. I'm glad that it was done, but I didn't love it. I wanted to. Um. But you know, in the same way though, like she's 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 been one of my favorite quote unquote newer writers over the years. So um I I I will give her the benefit of the doubt. If it goes off the you know, some things go off the off the edge. I mean, you know, Rick Remender has books that I'm like, I don't I don't like that. Yeah, what happens? It's okay. <laughs> yeah. What are your ratings on call the call? The call number one. Call. The calling. Out of five, I'm, I'm going to give it a two and a half. I'm going to go 3.6. Okay. I didn't want to go three and a half. I don't think it was enough. I didn't want to go 3.75. So there we are. And you're going to stick with it. I'm going to make yeah, it a am. game time decision. No, no. If it comes out in a week where I've got 30 books, it's going to be difficult. But if it comes out in a short week, then we'll see. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Every patron gets to vote out a book to the rundown. And that's where the people who feel like they want to directly support the show, people who feel like there's a lot of value in what we do in our six to eight shows we produce a month, that there's some entertainment value, that we bring some light and levity into your life, that you make your comic reading more fun, they go to patreon.com slash ifanboy and help support the show. They've unlocked shows for everyone to listen to. They're, they become part of a great Discord and presumably Facebook community. And uh, they get a monthly patron hangout with Josh and I and Ron Richards and sometimes other people. And we have a good time there as well. So hopefully we make it fun for them and, and they make it fun for you. And hope, if you ever consider supporting the show, please consider doing so at patreon.com slash ifanboy. We've added our tier exclusive merch, which has started arriving. People are posting photos of it. You can keep doing so. We enjoy seeing them and hopefully you enjoy it. You get the merch. We don't even get this merch. I would love to have some of this merch. You don't get it. I'd have to be a patron to do it. Ifanboy.threadless.com is our t-shirt store. You can find our 13 designs there. FM.com slash support is our PayPal tip jar. FM.com slash Amazon is our 
where you can shop and also find all the Booksplode books linked there. And bookshop.org is our partner to help local bookstores. You can also find those links on the Booksplode posts. And we thank everybody who supports the show. It is a not inconsiderable cost to do, and we appreciate it. Thank you. Oh, and now, for the very special patrons who are $5 or higher a month, they get a superpower live on the show. Is it dumb? Is it awesome? It's a roll of dice, my friends. Josh, take it away. Tony, the Disney dad, Tony, the Disney dad, Mm. has the specific ability to banish Hamilton songs from his head. Whoa. First of all, I wonder if he's from the uh, the Scarsdale Disney dads. Um, <laughs> it's because because the <laughs> the uh, the Springfield Disney dads are are a horrific lot of folk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't even get into the Fresno Disney dads. So, oh my god, he can banish. Does he not like the songs? No, no, it's not the point. Uh, I, I have you ever listened to Hamilton? Sure, and had a song. Any one of the they hundreds stick. of songs. They stick. They stick in your head unlike anything. Can he it's banish like them from the... other people's heads? Can I go, Tony? No, it's just his you own. You got to get Aaron Burser out of my head. No, you can't, sir. Uh, <laughs> I, I, literally, the other night, I woke up three in the morning, just this middle verse of, 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 uh, of wait for it in my head. Huh. I am inimitable. I am an original. So go to sleep. And it wouldn't stop. And I thought the best power in the world I could have right now. And he's the Disney dad. Yeah. Disney Disney made the movie. It's on their app. So he so, can only banish it from his own head. It's enough. All right. And that would be enough. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Tony, the Disney dad, for being a patron. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. Uh, You'll be back. Go with... Go with the power of uh, the Josh has bestowed upon you. The Josh, thing is, I think he can for one email. You get to choose. He can fully enjoy Hamilton without that Hamilton I hangover. I get it. I totally get it. Oh, we all love Hamilton. Greg from Philly says, "I have a quick game for you." Ooh. Below is a list of characters. I'd like you to each name the first writer and artist that comes to mind for that character. Please note the writer and artist do not necessarily need to have worked on that character together, just the first that comes to your mind. For example, if I said Ben Grimm, you could say Jack Kirby or Jonathan Hickman. Okay, here we go. Now, I am covering it with my hand. I have, I've had this on my list for weeks now, and I have not tr- I've tried I love these games. Or think about it, and I thought this was a good one, and I, I want to make sure Greg it's got a game. All right, so here goes. Wait, hold on. Are we, are we going to do both a writer and an artist or just any creator we think of? You should, or just their artist? You should pick a writer and an artist to say. Okay. That's what he says. A writer and an artist. They do not have to have worked on it together. Okay. Okay? Yep. Moon Knight. Duh. Uh, Bill Sienkiewicz and Doug Munch. I don't even remember if Doug Munch actually wrote Moon Knight, but that's the name that pops up. Uh, I'm going to go with Max Bemis mm-hmm. and Declan Shalvey. Oh. Because Max Smallwood. Bemis wrote that great, but you know what? But it was who I thought of first. I get it. I, said I Bill thought of Declan Shavi, and then I thought, ooh, Greg Smallwood, but I thought of Declan first. And Declan, Declan created that whole new look. That was one of the most I... beautiful comics I'd ever seen. Did Pilsen Kevich do Moon Knight? Should have. I feel like I just seen a drawing of Moon Knight in my head. It couldn't necessarily mean he did the book, just, but right. anyway. This, this is a right. test. This at, is a test. At the, end, at the end, we'll check. Okay, next one up Plastic Man. Pass. Really? <laughs> 
know. I'm just like immediately nothing popped in my head. Uh, I mean, I got to go with uh, Graham Morrison and um, Howard Porter because that was the first significant time I spent with uh, Plastic Man in the. I Justice feel like League. I did before that in the Bronze Age. I just can't think of who the creative teams were. So, and I feel like there hasn't been a, a significant use of Plastic Man other than in Deceased since JLA. So I think I have to go with you and say Grant Morrison and Derek Howard Porter, even though I don't feel good about that answer. I'm telling you right now, I just glanced and the problem with me in this is going to be that I will want to tell you the people at home, like Bill Mantlo and so, and Herb Trimp, right. but I don't know that stuff well enough to do it. And I'm, I'm ashamed of it. So let's move along. So all your answers are going to be, are going to be recent. That's fine. I'm going to try not to Luke cage. I mean, this is such a shitty answer, but Bendis Bendis was mine too. And, uh, you know what? You know who I think of honestly when I picture him it is is uh, Sanford Green when he did that miniseries. Oh, that was great. I picture an image of him, but I don't know who drew it. Right. Oh, well, that's hard. You know, like I see the tiara, I see the the seventies comic. I don't know who drew it though. Yeah. But that is what I see. The thing is, uh, I don't feel. I didn't, I didn't like the Bendis. He was just a guy. You know, he wasn't like in the suit. I mean, maybe if I if I had to, I'd say Kev Walker because he was on that Thunderbolts team with him well, Bendis, for a bit. Bendis leveled Luke Cage. It feels shitty to yes. say, but he did level him up into like an A list character for a while. So I don't yeah, feel and he gave him his due. Um, I, I mean, I really it wasn't that he. It's just that he he gave the character a platform, yeah. uh, and and made him into a thing so that people could appreciate him because he was. I don't know. I haven't read it, but he was, yeah. you know, I, I think of him as a sort of one note character that they, they sort of did, but they didn't put much realism into him. And you, I don't think anybody would, would say that Bendis didn't flesh him out into a real human like character. I, right. I think that's definitely the case. God, that, that Sanford green, David of Walker book was so great. good. Blue beetle. Giffen, De Matthias McGuire. Yep. Uh, I th- immediately thought of Mike Norton because that was like his favorite thing. But the image in my head was was Giffen, yeah. Um, writer. I yeah, I'd have to go with them. But I I I don't know if I've even read Alan Moore. I mean, you've <laughs> Alan Moore. Yeah, because in the Watchmen, oh. basically. Seriously, that's so you're cheating and you're saying Watchmen. It's first thing that comes to mind. <laughs> okay, that's the joke. It's right. a Rorschach test, Connor. I got gotcha. you. Next up, Magneto. Claremont and Lee. Mm. That's what I think of. I'm trying to think what I think of. I don't even think of Burn. I think of Lee. Uh, Big barrel chested, wavy silver hair, looking like a supermodel. Um, I, I was I was gonna say that like I thought of Stanley uh, as a writer. Um, yeah, but like I get it. But can you? You can't. No, that's what I. You that's what I read thought of. those comics. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. But I haven't read the Claremont ones either. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Frank, Frank quietly. That's what it was. I was trying to figure out what the image I saw in my head was. And it was the, um, Morrison quietly run. That's okay. how I see him. Okay. Captain cold. Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns. Cause he really honed in on those. And then rogues. And then, um, uh, what's his name? I mean, you're saying lines. Scott Collins. Yes. Mine is, I mean, yes, again, these are all sort of really modern because that's what we're really super into. But a part of me thinks Carmine Infantino, but really it's Collins because those stories about the rogues are so seminal to those. Listen, you can know about that background stuff, but the first thing First thing because of my age is Collins. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, Hawkeye. 
Burn. 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 Both. Both. Burn for both for the West Coast Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I had a second runner up, but also for the uh, the Avengers, right? Like mm, he he yeah. he drew the Avengers with Hawkeye was on it as well. So like when I think of Hawkeye, I think of Burn. Um, the second one for me would be um, uh, Busick and um, who drew Thunderbolts? Oh, who drew the first Thunderbolts? Perez. Oh, Perez. No, the- Bagley. No, Bagley. Bagley. Yeah, Bagley. I mean there it is though. That's that's a thing. But it's so burn. Think I mean like if it's first, it's, it's definitely, definitely burn. burn. Uh yeah, uh Wonder Woman, this is the last one. Uh, Perez, George Perez. Hmm. I'm right gonna say both. Uh, uh, Luis Garcia. Luis Garcia Lopez. Lopez. Because you brought this up. Uh, is that like the image to her in my mind is the one that was on everything when I was growing up. And that was his for the most part. If not him specifically, it is his style. That's what I see. Writer? Man. I mean, there's so many DC characters who, when I think of them, I see Jose Luis Garcia Lopez's uh, non-comics work. All all those drawings that would go on toys or Mm -hmm. uh, books, all the the merchandise, all the consumer products that he did the style guides for and did all the character work. That's who I see in my head. So, I mean, I'm totally not wrong. I see, I see, I mean, I see, I see John Musema for that with Marvel just because right. how to draw comics the Marvel way. Right. Um, uh, uh, writer, it's really hard for me. I don't know. I haven't ever read, I, I mean, Greg Rocca was the first thing that came to mind, but I haven't ever really. I mean, you, uh, you see him. Darwin, right? Oh, yeah, but I didn't think of it first. Yeah, that's go. my that's favorite. Think, that is my favorite Wonder Woman by far, both right design and right. Yes, hundred percent. But you know, Easy. I didn't think of it first. Uh, like you said, this is the nope. game. The game that popped the thing popped my head was Perez's. You know, her oh. with her ha- arms crossed over her head, clinking her bracelets together. Like that's what I think of first with the flowing what, Greek hair. What I think that this showed us is that you can be as knowledgeable as you want about the history of comics and the art and whatever, but the one that is going to stick with you is the first one you saw. And you know that's just that's how it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe Luke Cage would be the first one, but uh, right, it would define the character. Right. Thanks for writing in, Greg from Philly. That was wonderful. That's awesome. We had a great question last week. A great question this week. I would love to say. I love games. It'd be fun to get another list like that sometime. Not next week. Yeah, not next week. We're not going to do it. So not next week. Different characters. But, but, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or a different spin on it. Something. Contact but, at ifanboy.com is where Greg wrote in. You could also write in to be on the Media Explode show. Write in and put Media Explode in the subject line. Thanks for writing in. We got lots of great emails this week, and that was one of them, and I appreciate that one, Greg. Word. There are shows. Yeah. It's not just this show. There's other shows. Uh, believe it or not, we, uh, we really do our best to provide as much content as humanly possible. And I think that if you look over the past year or so, you'll find that we are almost consistently doing two shows a week. Um, yeah, it's like that, it's it's like six to eight a, a month. So it's either two a week yeah. or it's it's two extras. It's it's never less than six, but it's sometimes yeah. as many as eight. So uh, a few two three weeks ago, you would have gotten the last media explode, which was Oppenheimer and the summer mailbag. Yep. Um, three men being effusive about Oppenheimer, uh, uh, and and apparently the world agrees. Um, this past week, 
as you are listening to this, uh, will have been the Animation Brain Trust finally managed to get together for Justice League War World. And we so I, I, that's is that based on the recent action comics? It is not. And that's part of no. the discussion. Yes. Well, that is interesting. That was it's part mo- of the confusion. A, it's a Mongol story, no doubt. It is a Mongol story, but it's not okay. based on the re- recent run, which was confusing for everyone. But I got to tell you, if right now, by the way, if you said Superman, I would be hard pressed to not say um, like a the Bruce Tim kind of Superman. Interesting. I'd be very hard pressed. Let it be burned, I, but I get it. It could be Kurt Swan, but I, I it'd be Kurt, it would either be Kurt Swan or whatever that eighties, you know, super. But it's or like right now. There's a lot of classic, yeah. iconic Superman. But for me, it's that image of Superman flying out at the end of Man of Steel from his parents' uh-huh. house. It's the final shot of the book. I mean, it's, that's, I'm that's telling you, right, my Superman. I think that 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 Superman the animated series is my favorite Superman. Oh, for Superman, sure. Batman the animated series is is easily my favorite Batman. It's the best Batman that's ever been. But also, I mean, look, you can very much make the case, and I would not necessarily disagree that the Superman was the best Timverse show. I, I it's easily my favorite. It was very it was, very good, and it it, very, I have to rewatch. Batman, I remember. But, I remember. Everybody being so into Batman and how great it was, and it went in prime time. And I was like, "Yeah, but this Superman show—it's <laughs> really good." And, and I wasn't like a huge Superman. Kid. I mean, I was when I was a kid, I liked Superman, but I wasn't like, you know, it's not hadn't been my thing, and it just was so wonderful. Uh, anyway, so there's there's an animated Justice League World out, and then uh, next week you can treat yourself to uh, a conversation. A deep, not untherapy-like conversation with myself and Rick Remender. Ooh, um, who Rick Remender, by the way, I think the five most times. talks explodes. He's the five first five timers club. That, I think. Well, I think this is actually six, but it has been a very long time, and I have never interviewed. Yeah, Rick it was Remender. always Ron because they were. It buddies. was. I did one with Ron. Right, Rick. Rick has been on seven talks explodes. Nice seven. He was the second guest of all time, and he's been on seven. I'm I'm excited to bring it to you as I as I always am. Uh, it was it was great. You can find all that show. All of our shows are over 1,300 shows total over at ifanboy.com. They're all there. Also, wherever podcasts are sold, they're all in the feed. The feed is live and and updated. You can find them all. So wherever mm-hmm. you get podcasts, you can do it. I my unwieldy ifanboy feed on my Apple Podcast app. I try to find episodes, and it's like you've got. 85 unlistened to shows like well fuck i'm never gonna find it so <laughs> you can find them all there they're all available you can follow us at a fanboy comics on instagram to find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out and sometimes the best week in panels most times sometimes less in the summertime follow us individually at csk patrick on instagram and at j flanagan on instagram that's the only place where you can find us that is it anyone else com- pretending to be us is a liar mm-hmm mm-hmm and you're not gonna find a lot of comic book content there unless i'm complaining about lettering those are the that's all there is brand brand (laughs) i love it i love the nuts and bolts of comic book storytelling so much it is my favorite thing subscribe to youtube.com slash ivanboy where you will find all of our old video shows and we post this show every week and most importantly different than everything else on youtube is that we really try not to clip the mics uh that's that's like a big thing for me uh because everyone that my kids listen to screams and makes the mic clip and a, a man with my background in training wants to it's, it's stab offensive. their it's eyes offensive. out. It is it is deeply offensive. Yeah. Uh, but this is the way of things. This is the way of this is how it goes. And I, you know, I'm not a tastemaker, uh, but it is awful, and I want them to die um, painfully. Oh, geez. Nah, nah, I don't. I just don't want to hear them. That's all. 
uh, consider writing a review for this show. <laughs> Oh boy. God forbid why you would do that at this point. Uh or uh leaving a star rating on Apple Podcast, Spotify, whichever. And 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 uh and, and other shows. Like if you the like other podcast and you know what I am remiss on this a lot of times. Uh I, I should probably go through and 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 you know some of my favorite podcasts uh, should get a review, but I always think I'm like, well, these are professional. They're making they still could use that review. Uh you should listen to the set. That was a great podcast that Connor and I both enjoyed. Yes. Uh, and is that it? Are we done? That's We're it. Good? We're done. We're done. Whew. I'm sweating. I'm hungry. And I've enjoyed <laughs> you, this time with you and all of you. Are you in a well? <laughs> well, I had the dentist today and I didn't get to eat food until this point. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Oh, so it was a filling situation. No, it was just, they, you know, I didn't want to eat food and then go to the dentist. Oh, it was a late dentist? It was an afternoon dentist. I see. I no see. fillings, but I just didn't eat beforehand, so I'm hungry. There's the show, people. This is what the show is. That's what it is now. It's comic books. It's lettering talk. It's uh, there, There's stuff about comics. It's super valuable stuff about comics. But sometimes, dentists. Yeah. See you next week. Bye. Bye.